Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. We hope you're having a wonderful week. Denise and I were talking recently about how so much on the news or streaming or cable has been kind of negative and scary and, and a bit unsettling. And so we thought this week we would just keep it light and fun and share some wonderful, happy, good news stories that are floating out and don't get as much airtime as they might deserve. So we're just going to share some stories that we've researched and thought would be really heartwarming to bring to our listeners. I wanted to start, Denise, with one that um, is so hopeful. I read this article about how there might be a cure for brain cancer. Can you imagine? Ooh. Yeah. In Boston, studies on mice have shown promising results that a vaccine could soon be available that will prevent brain cancer. Scientists have been using a process in these studies that repurposes living cancer cells to eradicate the tumors that created the cancer cells. Researchers at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston were able to try this out on mice using human cancer cells. So it's not like they're doing this experiment on mice with, with mice cells. They're, they're injecting human cancer cells into the mice and it's working. They were able to change the protein and living cancer cells that would then target and destroy the tumors. Dr. Shaw, one of the researchers said, our team has pursued a simple idea to take cancer cells and transform them into cancer killers and vaccines. Using gene engineering, we are repurposing cancer cells to develop a therapeutic that kills tumor cells and stimulates the immune system to both destroy primary tumors and prevent cancer. Isn't that amazing? Oh, that is so, so, so beautiful. And, and see that, I don't know, that feels a lot better than all the fear-based stuff that we're getting hit with right now. It's hope. There's a real yeah. sense of hope with that. And I mean, some of the stories we're going to share are there's a, a darker tone and then they lighten up similar to uh, the Michigan family that said they were soothed by guardian angels after their scar. Uh, this is recent after a car crash. And it was this young couple and they had two children with them, three and 11 weeks. And they were driving home from a family Christmas Eve, New Year's party around 1.30 in the morning on New Year's Day when a car crossed the median and hit their vehicle head on. And uh, the, the father in this situation said he noticed a set of headlights on the other side of the road coming in the opposite direction and didn't really think of it, think anything of it and then noticed that they were coming right at them. Uh, and he said instinct kicks in because something was wrong. And he slammed on the brakes and tried to swerve so they didn't hit them head on. But the impact of the collision ripped the front of their car off, like literally ripped the front end off. But miraculously, the family wasn't hurt except for a few minor cuts and scratches. And when this, this man and his wife tried to deal with the damage and manage their young children, who again, three years old in 11 weeks, so little tiny people, two strangers walked up and just started to help them. And so the, this young family is on the side of the road. And the next thing you know, there's these two strangers there. And, he, and the, the woman said, I just remember her rocking my daughter while I held my son. And she kept me distracted and answered questions. And they just stayed until help arrived. And then the couple just left. They never said who they were, what they did, you know, why they were there. They just, and, 
you know, you know the way it's described was that guardian angels came to help them. But what was really cool is, as always, using social media in a positive way, the woman posted a brief description of the couple in a community group on Facebook with the hopes that someone would know who these people were. And the real brief, it says, I know this may be a long shot, but I'm hoping to maybe find this couple that assisted us during our recent car crash on and on, describe them. And 15 minutes later, they got an answer. And that the people had said, you know, I've been in an accident before with my own daughter and I know that feeling. See, that's someone helping with no, they didn't say, oh, look what we did or hang around, right? They just were there holding space. And I, I, that kind of brought a tear to me. Yeah, that's beautiful because we're so often we're told, you know, don't stop. I, as a kid, my mom would say, even if it's a woman in need, do not stop to offer help because she might be tricking you and there's a man right behind her. Like, do you, were you raised with oh, And it's become more, more of the, the default position for many people. Yeah. And, and here's a story uh, of a couple just saying, oh, there's a family in need. Let's help them out. Yes. I found another story that was equally heartwarming. In Minneapolis, a retired woman named Linda Taylor received a shocking eviction notice out of the blue. She had moved to the Powderhorn Park District almost 20 years ago, primarily to, to focus her work on volunteering at a nearby homeless shelter. And so for the last two decades, she's been renting a home near this shelter. But toward the end of 2021, her landlord decided to sell the property and told the 70-year-old that she needed to be out by January. When neighbors heard the news, they were shocked that this kind-hearted woman would be shoved out. So they asked the landlord to give them six months to a year to raise the money to buy the home for her. And he agreed. So the neighbors got creative and they spent most of last year raising money to buy her home. They threw fake sales. They put on art shows, community fundraisers. They even got a realtor to volunteer her time pro bono to help with the sale. And they raised the money and bought the home for Linda. Ms. Taylor said, it makes me feel so good. Everything that I have given, it's coming back to me. And I want to continue to give. I love this neighborhood. Oh. Isn't that so sweet? It is. And it's, it's, again, people helping each other out rather than finding a way to, oh, well, too bad for her. Wonder who's yeah. going to move in. Yeah. And it's, and that's, that's big. That's a big one. But I think part of these stories or some of these stories are on a smaller scale, but we know that they had that same level of impact on the person. There's a story from the UK of there was a woman who was an avid, avid cyclist, bicycle cyclist, and she lost her eyesight. And you know, years later, though, she, uh, she, she lost her eyesight at 34, 34 years old. And years later, she started riding with the help of this, of Charlotte Tandems, a charity which loaned her a tandem bicycle for a year after teaching her how to ride one. So a bicycle built for two. And when the year was up, the bicycle had to be returned. But one of the charity's old tandems was up for sale, but it wasn't in good condition. So they were selling this, this tandem bike for, for 50 pounds and they, but they had a word about it with this other cycling place, Newark cycles. And she wasn't sure if she should buy it because of this, but anyway, they redid the whole bicycle 
for her and donated it to her and new tires, chain cogs, handlebar stems, brakes, gear labels. It's like a brand new bike. But the point was to give someone back that freedom. And, and they, they ended it with, you know, she had tears in her eyes and not just because of the bike, but because of the kindness they'd shown. She, she was really worried she'd ever be able to, to cycle again. And I just see that's a smaller scale, but it's still people coming from a place of kindness. That is beautiful. You know, one of the favorite emails I think I've ever received, I think it was Deb and I who had done a show on how to receive more. And a listener sent us the story about how her son was in a wheelchair. And as he was getting older, he needed a new motorized wheelchair and they could not afford it. And so her pastor at their church put up a notice in the bulletin, like, hey, we're going to do a fundraiser to try to raise money for this family to get this new wheelchair. And a couple of days later, her doorbell rang and it was a man from church and he had this beautiful motorized wheelchair in his van. And he said, "Um, my wife recently passed and she no longer needs this wheelchair and I'd like to give it to you. And the listener said, I can't accept this. Like you can sell this and get a lot of money. And, And he said to her, would you deny me the gift of giving? And that just has always stayed with me. People, you know, we might check our social media, our news feed and, or put on the TV and and think, oh, the world is falling to to hell in a handbasket. It's not true. You know, at the end of the day, people are good. Now you might remember this story. It's gotten quite a lot of press, thankfully. Back in July, a Las Vegas Burger King worker named Kevin Ford posted a video of the big bonus the company awarded him for 27 years of perfect attendance. Think about that. This man went to work every day for 27 years. He never missed a shift, never showed up late or called in sick. He was a model employee. So how did Burger King reward him for this? Well, he got a Starbucks cup, some candy, and one movie ticket not two movie tickets so he could take a friend. Nope, just a solo movie ticket. Even though in the video, Kevin was super happy and grateful for each item, when it was posted online, viewers were kind of livid at the paltry gifts that this huge corporation gave him and began sending in donations. In total, so far, Kevin has received $389,000 from strangers wishing to send him support and love. The Today Show recently had Mr. Ford on the show, where he shared that he still has not missed a shift at Burger King, but he did use some vacation time to visit his grandchildren whom he hadn't been able to see in four years. And he took a trip to see Mount Everest. He's also focused on sharing his good fortune. He says, when I'm in a store now and there's people, especially single mothers or something, I tell them to ring up everybody. I pay for everybody's food. Oh, He also said, every day that I wake up, I'm excited about spreading the love and showing people that the human spirit is still alive and well, and that I'm proof of it. The whole world lifted me up. So you know what I love about all of these that we're sharing? They're just regular everyday people stepping up. There's nothing about, look what my company did, or look what I'm doing with my, these are just these are, these are us. These, these are our people. <laughs> That's an incredible story. And I love that it became, how can I share this bounty with other people? Me too. Pay it forward, right? Right. 
So the next one, and this is might hit home for some folks that were traveling recently with all the missing luggage and the missed flights and all of that stuff. And we've heard so much press on, oh, they found people that had air tags on their luggage were finding them empty behind apartment complexes. And, you know, there's piles of, of unclaimed luggage. But this one I, I love because people that have been stuck in the airports and I haven't heard anything about this till I found the article, are texting the phone numbers on the luggage to reunite travelers with their missing bags. So when all the thousands of flights have been canceled over the holidays and the last, you know, several, couple of few months, uh, Good Samaritans were texting strangers with the location of where their luggage was. And one of these people, she said she found herself searching through an Armageddon of luggage at Tampa International Airport the day after Christmas. And she said there were hundreds, if not thousands of bags piled up at the baggage claim from flights all over the country. Knowing she was stuck at the airport with her husband, while her husband stood in line for customer service, she realized she could probably reunite some travelers with their bags by texting the number listed on the luggage tag. According to the article, uh, she sent at least 50 text messages while sifting through to find her own luggage. And one recipient posted a screenshot and said, Thank you to the random stranger who texted me that my suitcase was in fact in, in Tampa, you're a lifesaver and went on to say, but it was just these really, the, the woman said your bag is in Tampa by claim 15 or, you know, I'm just a random, random person looking for my luggage. So it wasn't anything, wasn't looking for anything, was just trying to help. You know, another person shared the same idea to Reddit to encourage others to follow suit and said, you know, your flight delayed and you need something to do, go to the baggage claim and look for the phone numbers and try to help people find their stuff, which is a far cry from federal employees stealing bags from a baggage claim. Yeah. Or for using that time to post a complaining TikTok, right? Instead right. Of focus on helping others. I saw the story of the group of strangers whose flight was canceled. And so they rented a van. I'm waiting for Hallmark to turn that into a Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's a fun one. Peter and Paul Closier of West Sussex, England, were distraught when their five-year-old beagle named Bonnie went missing on a Sunday morning in July. They called neighbors, the police. They enlisted the help of friends to search for their four-legged family member. Thankfully, Bonnie returned later that day with a lovely yellow ribbon pinned to her collar. A local man was on the way to a dog show with two of his own dogs when he spotted Bonnie walking down the road. He picked her up, took a photo of her, and posted it to Facebook asking if anyone knew who she belonged to. When he didn't receive a response, you know, he's late for this dog show. He had to keep going. So he just took Bonnie with all of them to the dog show and decided he'd look for her family after. When he got to the dog show and heard the announcement for best rescue dog, he figured, why not? And he entered Bonnie the Beagle. She received a third place ribbon and was returned to her mom and dad later that day with her ribbon, a new friend, and a very interesting story to share. And Denise, you should see the picture of Bonnie with her mom and dad and the big yellow ribbon on her collar. She looks like, yeah, that's right. I deserve this. Like she looks so (laughs) pleased with herself. It's adorable. What a little adventure she had. See, if this is making you smile or find some joy or realize it's really not as dark as everyone's telling us it is, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. 
And maybe that's altruistic on my part, but I'm going to read more Bonnie stories. Me too. Okay. Well, this is, you know, and people may have mixed reactions about this, but the the man in uh, New York who broke into a school during the blizzard and saved a dozen people, and he uh, broke into a school, he broke a window, and the police were looking for, for this man because they found a handwritten note on a table inside the school, and they tried to send an officer, but because of the weather, they weren't able to respond to the alarm that went off when he broke into the school. But he had left a note, whoever it may concern, I'm terribly sorry about breaking the school window and for breaking into the kitchen. I got stuck at 8 p.m. Friday and slept in my truck with two strangers just trying not to die. There were seven elderly people also stuck and out of fuel. I had to do it to save everyone and get them shelter and food and a bathroom. Merry Christmas, Jay. Wow. He didn't wow. have to do that. No. Wow. And what was beautiful was the, the local police department put it out again on a positive use of social media rather than negative fear compare. And does anyone recognize? And then they have Jay and the selflessness that people show to help others during the storm is, is what Western New York is really made of. And, and went on to say, you know, what happened? And they were just looking, does anybody know this person? And they had video because a lot of schools have video and they can see the guy and they put it out there. But they identified him and he was a mechanic who had just gone out to help a friend that was trapped. And instead he got stuck in, that was a horrific snowstorm, like monumental. Over the course of the night, he got turned away by several homeowners. He begged for help. And finally, that's when he broke into the school because he kept going and asking, can you please help us? And nobody would. And the first time he rescued these two strangers by letting them sleep in his truck, I just think that he was close to running out of fuel. One of the strangers was an elderly woman who needed to use a bathroom. And he said, sensing that she felt embarrassed, he looked at his phone's GPS and found the school. So I would never say, oh, he shouldn't have broken into the school. He shouldn't have done that because he was doing it from heart. Yeah. Yeah. And to save people. Right. I read stories of, of homes that did take people in and, and, and posted video of, you know, seeing people struggling in the storm alone and they would take them into their home and give them warm blankets and a bed and food. And it's well, just amazing. Did you see the one about the van load of people from Korea who were going sightseeing to Niagara Falls and they no. got stuck and this family took them in and it was, I think it was Christmas Eve, it might have been, I'm not sure if it was Christmas or New Year's, but they were joking, they showed pictures and they, it was like 15 people in this big passenger van that came in. And they said, the only thing they don't know is this is an annual event now, we need to keep doing this. And I just <laughs> thought that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Wow. Okay, this next one is about signs from nature and animals. So I think our listeners will enjoy this one. After a woman named Rana in Phoenix, Arizona, lost her husband, Bob, she was struggling with her grief until that is she met a new friend on the exact two-year anniversary of her husband's passing. An owl visited her on the balcony of her home and now returns every day and sits with her for hours. Rana's granddaughter has posted videos of the owl and Rana connecting. You can see the two almost talking. If Rana hoots at the owl, the owl gets all excited and hoots back. He even hops on her lap. 
she and her husband, Bob were married for 70 years. Oh, I know. And in the video, it's so you could see one of the videos, the granddaughter posted, she goes out there with her, her camera videoing it. And the owl is just sitting quietly on the balcony and he's kind of eyeing the granddaughter kind of suspiciously and, you know, darting his eyes to look at her and look away, but he is quiet as a mouse. And then Rana comes out and the owl lights up and starts hopping up and down and hooting. It is adorable. And so they think it's her grandfather coming to spend time with her grandmother and keep her company. Oh, see, that's, that's the night. I don't know. I'm, I'm a really big fan of be nice, be kind, help someone out. And I think we've become, well, maybe it's just me, a little jaded in not feeling as safe or as comfortable reaching out to people because of all of the horrific and also using some discretion and discernment because of fear of safety or retaliation or it, it's it's a fine balance, isn't it? So when we share these stories, every one of these people, there's, well, maybe not the owl, but I love the owl story. There's a, so many of these, it's about saying, you know what, I'm just going to do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Even if it means breaking into a school. Right. I'd be terrified to do that personally. I'm such a woo follower. <laughs> I'm glad he did. Do you have another story for us? This is kind of a different one. It's about the best friends who gave birth at the same hospital just two days apart. And, and it was so cool because these women, and they were 41 and 37, and they seemed destined to, to be pregnant at the same time. And their first children were born one week apart. And then they found out they were pregnant at the same time. They were shocked. And then they actually, however, they chose to be pregnant. That's that's their story. But one was planned and one wasn't. And then at the end, they, they ended up with the same due dates. They went through their pregnancies together. And they gave birth a couple days apart. And the one woman rolled the little bassinet down to her friend's room and said, here, you're going to meet your, your very first friend um, in the world. And the babies were introduced to each other. Oh, you know, when I was in elementary school, I had two good friends, Paige and Susanna, and they were best friends. They met, so their moms shared a room when they gave birth to their daughters. And those moms became best friends. They weren't best friends when they gave birth, but they met in the maternity room and, you know, first time moms, new moms, they became best friends and their daughters remained best friends. I always Aww. thought that was so neat. Okay, I have a neat little story. You know, there's so much going on right now with Prince Harry and Meghan. Have you been following all of this? Not not a lot. No. Of course not. You're above all of that. I've been following I'm it. Not above it. I, <laughs> I have been all about it. Watch the documentary, watch the 60 Minutes interview. Anyway, in his new book, Spare, he admits that he visited a medium to talk to his mom. He okay. said a trusted friend told him about this woman who was the real deal. And he said that the medium told him Princess Diana was always around him and said, you're living the life she wanted for you. Still kind of skeptical, Harry asked for proof, a sign, anything to assure him that the communication was genuine. In response, he writes, the medium noted a specific incident involving a Christmas ornament that his son Archie had broken and then subsequently tried to fix. 
the medium asserted that she knew of the event because Diana's spirit had been there at the time. And your mother says she had a bit of a giggle about that. While it's uncertain if the medium managed to convince the prince, the fact that the story was included in his memoir would seem to suggest that he became a bit of a believer after meeting with this woman. Aww. Was it you, Denise? You can tell no, us. No, no. <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> Isn't that neat, though? Yeah. That whole, yeah, well, we don't need to go into the whole thing on the royal family, but it's there's a lot of layers to that. A whole lot of years, but I love that he felt this connection with his mom because that's all we all want. We want to know our loved ones are there and still know that we're connected to them. That's the best well, part of being a medium. If I could speak for Diana, one thing I always tell my girls, I always say to them, you know, major in whatever you want, get whatever job you want. You know, I want them to do what they want to do. But I always say the only thing I wish you will do for me is remain close with each other throughout your lives after I'm gone. You know, I, I think that sibling connection is so important. And so my, my heart just goes out to the Royal family because I, I just hope those brothers can reconcile eventually. That's all I'll say yeah. about that. Yeah. Okay. I, I had a, an animal one. Oh, um, and <laughs> not that we love our animals as much or more than a lot of people, but that's okay. This is was this past December, and there was a dog named Artemis, and he's being hailed as a hero for protecting his human siblings when they got lost in the woods. So uh, this woman lives in Louisiana, and she started frantically dialing 111. She couldn't find her daughters that were seven and four years old, and they'd been running all around the par property, and they live out on six acres, and she was calling and calling, and usually they, they'd come right away with the dog leading the way. But if you've ever lived rurally and you, your children don't come when you call them, it's scary. It's really scary. So you start, as this woman mentioned, had they fallen in a creek? Did you know an animal get them? Were they hurt? And you start thinking the worst and your mind starts racing. So she called the police to report that her two children were missing, put it on the local Facebook group asking for help. And then about four hours later, the girls were reunited with their mom because the dog started barking and led the authorities to the sisters who were both really exhausted and scared. But then once they all were back together, they learned that the dog, the little girl, the three-year-old, the dog had almost encouraged, the, the sister shared this, the older sister said that had encouraged the little girl to lie down with him and rest and then kind of cuddled around the girls and kept them safe in wow. the woods. Oh, that is so beautiful. When the police came, the uh, rescuers came, he was, uh, you know, pouncing all around and he wasn't going to let anyone get near them. He also, I mean, the, the person who found them said they really believe that the dog protected the children from an aggressive wild hog that they had seen while they were doing the search. Wow. So, well, you know, I, I remember we were out on the boat and you know how you anchor it and then you kind of like swim to the island and hang out. And yeah. we had little Lily. She's my five pound Yorkie rescue and she's my little best buddy. And uh, we're out on the island all day looking at shells and eating food as you do and sunning and all that. And I swam out to the boat because we'd ran out of water and I wanted to get some more, some more water for us. And I didn't tell anyone, like everyone's busy and you know, the boat's right. I just swam out 
And my, I hear my girls yelling and I turn around, there's little Lily, five pounds swimming like a mad lady as the waves crash over trying, like, it was like, she was trying to rescue me. It was the sweetest. (laughs) I'll never forget that image of her persevering through the waves as she's making a beeline for me. Our animals are the best. Okay. I have a, this is not a good news story. It's just a random weird thing that I thought was kind of interesting Paul Ferry, a researcher at the University of Calgary in Alberta, Canada, recently went viral on Twitter when he shared newspaper clippings from various quote-unquote experts from 1923 with their predictions for 2023. Do you want to hear some of these? Yes. Okay. So one expert said that by 2023, the workday will be no more than four hours a day. Because thanks to electricity and other modern conveniences, there'll just be no no need to work. I wish that I wish that were true. <laughs> Others said the average lifespan of a human would be 100 to 300 years old. In reality, it's 78, I think. So maybe we're kind of getting closer to that. I don't know. Do you want to live 300 years? Personally, no. Yeah, that's a long time. An anthropologist predicted that the fashion in 2023 would be for women to walk around with shaved heads. Oh, I don't know how they came up with that. Another predicted that current diseases of their day would be cured within the next 100 years, which, you know, a lot of that was true. And he said there would be no more beauty contest because everyone would be beautiful. And I have to say, I did find that interesting because this is something my daughters and I talk about a lot. If you look at like my middle school pictures with me and all of my friends and you compare it to middle school or high school pictures of kids today, have you noticed that everyone is just glowing? Now or then? Now, not then. Oh, no, no. We had the hairspray hair. We had pimples. We we had no retin-A or Accutane. We didn't have hair products other than hairspray. No, today I feel like, you know, kids are just so, I don't know, the glow up. Have you heard that expression where everyone has their, their glow up now? Whereas before we had to struggle through acid wash jeans and shirt pads. Well, I, I'm from a, a, even a different era, so I don't know about the glow up, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's something we can all work towards is, is getting our glow up on. Another said that newspapers would be out of business. That made me sad because that, you know, one day that I hope that never comes true. Uh, Professor Lowe predicted that by 2023, our consciousness would expand so much that we would all be telepathic. Hmm. Yeah. Now that might come to pass one day, who knows? You never know. I mean, if you think about, I was just talking to um, one of my sisters has gotten really into aliens. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, so we've been having fascinating conversations. She's been watching ancient aliens. And I was telling her about the Rendlesham Forest incident because her belief is that a lot of these incidents are uh, time travelers, that it's us from the future. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, have you looked at the Rendlesham Forest incident? Because when that guy touched the unidentified aircraft, he got a download of binary code, which when translated said, we are you from the future, eyes of my eyes. 
And if you look at all those off planet or interdimensional, who knows people that are visiting here, they do talk to us telepathically according to reports. So maybe one day that'll come true. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause that's, you know, as, as intuitives and mediums, that's so much of what we do is that connection through, uh, it's not like picking up the phone and calling somebody. No, no, it definitely is a consciousness to consciousness connection, which is interesting. So I hope that these stories have just brought a smile to your face or, or touched your heart in some way and has served as a reminder that there is so much good out there and it's up to us to find it and, and anchor ourselves to it and remember that there really is just, just such a beauty to the human spirit. You know, on, on a negative note, Denise, you know, you and I don't watch the same TV shows. I know that. Right. But I watched a TV show last Halloween called Evil. Ooh. I know, I know. It's not like an empath thing, but it was really good. <laughs> and I'm not judging. I'm just, I, I, I wouldn't oh, judge away. for days. It's scary. No, I, I, okay. I just, it's not the way I'm wired. No, no, it's very, very scary, but it's about a, a Catholic priest and um, a Muslim computer expert and an atheist psychologist, and they are hired to research cases of evil. And okay. there is like an actual... Just let me interject. I have to interject. Doesn't that sound like the start to a bad joke? A priest? A, I know. A, 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 okay, go ahead. Sorry. I know, I know. But it's it's a good show. Anyway, there's this other woman who literally does sell her soul to you-know-who to get ahead. And so she, they, she gets a letter that she has to show up at this, this company in the city to go to work. And she's like, Oh, okay. So she goes up to the floor and the guy says, okay, um, your job, like, you know, it to pay for the success you're going to get for selling your soul to the devil is to be an internet troll. And she was like, uh, excuse me. And he was like, yeah, we just want you to find negative, scary, fearful news stories and constantly post them online. And she was like, um, no offense, you know, she doesn't want to anger these mean people. But I kind of thought more cool things would happen to me once I did this deal. And he says, no, 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 we found that if we overtly advertise who we are and what we do, that it scares people back to faith. But if we just keep them on edge enough, just doubting and in fear, it keeps them right where we want them. And I just have never forgotten that scene because sometimes if you're on your newsfeed or you're on TikTok, it does feel like everything is out there to keep us on edge and scared and nervous and fearful and not trusting. And so I think it is up to us to filter through all of that, that junk and gunk and focus on these good, happy, positive stories. That's right, because that's basic psychology. If you can keep people angry and afraid, you can control them. Yes. Wow, you said that way more simply than I did with my (laughs) description of the show. (laughs) Well, if you guys hear a good news story, you can always feel free to share it with us or post it on our Facebook page, Enlightened Empaths. We'd love to do more shows like this to keep the, the good positive vibes going and growing. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.